Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Well, look, this morning, I definitely want to thank God for this opportunity just to stand here and to glean something else from his word. But I want to go right into the word of God. Are y'all hungry? And that kind of response made me think that y'all are hungry for like natural food, but I don't have that for you right now. Okay, but I do uh, have the word of God, which I am excited about. So I want you to please turn with me to First Chronicles chapter 4. And I know some people are like, Chronicles? I know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Chronicles, starting to get a little out of my comfort zone. Don't know when the last time I flipped to that book. But if you have a tablet or an iPhone, then it's going to be real easy for you to find it, right? It's an Old Testament book, but First Chronicles chapter 4, and we're just going to read one verse, which is verse 9. So uh, what we like to do here at Link Church is to let us know that you have found the scripture. If you could just stand to your feet, that's how we honor and respect the word of God. And it says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. I'm going to speak to you this morning from the topic, pusher. Pusher. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today for your spirit. Thank you, God, for just allowing us to come into your house one more time to glean something from your word. We are so thankful, God, that you are mindful of us and that you want us, oh God, to hear something from you. God, I'm asking that you would stir our hearts today, open our ears, open our minds, and open our hearts so that we can receive what it is that you would have for us to receive. God, we know that it is no accident that those of us who have gathered here today are here, and so we know, God, that you are going to do exceeding and abundant abundantly in our midst. God, help me to decrease, Father, so that you can increase, and we rebuke the hand of the enemy today, and every hindering spirit that would want to keep your word from going forth, because God, we know that you are going to bless us exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Um, and shout out before I, before I go into the first part of the sermon uh, to everyone that's here today because I know all pastors like to shout out people that come to church during the summertime, right? So while some of your fellow congregants are on the beach, you are here basking in the S-O-N, not the S-U-N. But there's nothing wrong with, with both, but shout out to you for being here today. Um, pusher. So if you look at me, uh, you wouldn't know my life story unless I tell you a little bit of my background. So I'll tell you that I am the product of a two-parent household, grew up uh, in suburbia, in the home of a pastor, uh, outside of the hustle and bustle and noise of the inner city. I was actually um, quite sheltered as I was growing up, to the point where I think when my husband and I were dating, it was um, quite frustrating for him, because I remember he traveled from New Jersey to Baltimore one time to visit me, and I said, hey, you know, we should hang out at the Baltimore Inner Harbor. He's like, oh, that's great. And he was like, well, instead of driving in, why don't we just take the train? So I'm like, yeah. 
knowing that I didn't know how to get there via train. I knew how to get there via car, but not via train. So he's like, okay, perfect. So he's like, I'm going to drive to the train station. The whole time I didn't say I don't know how to get there because I was too embarrassed to admit that I've been living in Baltimore, growing up in Baltimore, but couldn't get to the Baltimore Harbor via train. So we get there, and he's like, okay, so what, um, what do we need to do? I was like, get tickets. He's like, right, but like, are we going like which way? And I was like, um, we could just ask her just to be sure because I know, but I just want to be sure, so we should probably just ask this lady. And he was like, you don't know how to get to the Baltimore Inner Harbor, do you? And I was like, I know how to get there. I want to verify that what I already know is correct. So let's just ask the lady who uh, is behind this counter. And so uh, it was things like that that drove him up a wall. You know, I was late getting my driver's license. So he used to say things to me like, how do you get around? And I was like, well, I have. No, he uses the word chauffeur. I don't like that word. It's too, it's too, um, it's too proper. It's too polished. It sounds spoiled. I wasn't chauffeured. I was just given a ride because I didn't always even sit in the back. So it wasn't really me being chauffeured. But he was like, how do you get around? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, there's my dad. <laughs> I have friends that give me a ride. And he's like, no, you need to get your license. But this is uh, how I grew up. And if some people were to look at me from the outside uh, back then and even now, you might have thought or guessed that somehow I had this life of ease and I escaped pain. But that part of me would not be true because what you find out early on in life is that pain is no respecter of persons. Pain is something that does not care what your zip code is. It does not care about your socioeconomic status. Pain does not care about your race or ethnicity. Pain does not care about your gender. Pain is an equal opportunity employer, if you will. No matter who you are or where you find yourself, there is no way that you would be able to escape something called pain. It is something that all of us wish we could avoid. It is all something all of us wish we didn't have to endure, but yet it is something that every now and then comes knocking on our door, comes creeping through a window. It's in your dreams. It's in your visions. It's uh, taunting you at night. It's something that sometimes we don't even want to talk about because the pain itself is such that talking about it seems like it adds even more pain or puts uh, salt in the wound. But pain is something Something that I found out you cannot escape regardless of who you are. And I learned this lesson even earlier on because when I was in eighth grade, I uh, felt the effects of a pusher. And the type of pusher that I felt the effects from was a drug pusher. And some of you are sitting here like, Jen, Jen you was on drugs? I did not even... No, uh, ma'am, and no, sir, I was not on drugs, but I had an uncle who had for years battled a drug addiction. See, here again, you assume that you look at someone and they probably don't even, probably can't even spell drugs, let alone have a family member wrestling with it. But I had an uncle who had battled a drug addiction for years. And so one day, uh, he had an argument with his wife, and it was so painful for him that he decided he was going to go out for a walk. While he's going out for a walk, he runs into some of his old buddies that he thought he had escaped, and they encouraged him to kind of get his mind off of things. And in their minds, the best way to do that was to, of course, 
get high. And so here he is having been clean for several years, and he runs into this old group of friends, and they suggest that he uh, try this drug because, after all, it's, it's just going to take your mind off of what just happened. Uh, but unfortunately, in his case, this was the last time he would ever uh, take drugs because he died from an overdose. But not only did he die from an overdose, but there are uh, more tragic details to the story, such as the fact that he was missing for days and we couldn't find him. And the reason we couldn't find him is because he had no ID on him. And the reason he had no ID on him is because those same friends who told him this would just be a few minutes of feeling good and then you can go back home, had stripped him of his ID, had stripped him of his clothes, and they had left him in an alley and it made the headlines in Baltimore. Here I am saying to myself, wow, how is my family finding itself on the headlines in Baltimore news and not for something good, but because one of the missing persons in Baltimore has just been identified and they're just classifying him as some junkie, as some drug addict, but it was my uncle, my dad's baby brother. That was painful. And it was something that made me angry because I said, here I am. I've never uh, roamed the streets. I've never taken drugs. I've never been in contact with uh, a drug pusher. But yet the drug pusher's actions had a direct impact on my life. And there are different things in this world that will push you. And I've come to learn that every pusher has an agenda. You see, the drug pusher has an agenda because he knows that drugs are not good for people. He knows it could ruin their health, ruin their mind, ruin their relationships, ruin their money. But the only thing that he's worried about is his own income. And so the drug pusher pushes his agenda, and his agenda is to simply get people hooked to his product regardless of the consequences, regardless of the outcome, regardless of who it hurts, regardless of who it even damages, and regardless of who it kills. His agenda is one thing, and that is to get rich quick. And if it means your demise in the process, he doesn't care because he's a pusher, and that is his agenda. Every pusher has an agenda. The devil is also a pusher, and he has an agenda. You see, the devil's agenda is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So what does that mean? His agenda is to get you to believe that you are not fearfully and wonderfully made. The devil's agenda is to get you off track and to get you distracted because he knows that if he can distract you from your purpose, then there's absolutely no way that you will fulfill it. And if you don't fulfill your purpose, then there's another 5, 10, 15, 100, 300 people who won't fulfill their purpose because your purpose is not just for you. You're a assignment in life is not just for you. What you are called to do in life is directly uh, lined up with and assigned to somebody else. So if the enemy gets me off track, then he gets so many countless others off track. Do you know that you impact people that you maybe have never even had a conversation with? There are people that you impact and you change their lives and you may never shake their hand or stand in the same room with them. Think about, uh, Preachers who are well-known and world-renowned and they have podcasts and YouTube channels. And how many times do people listen to messages by these preachers and their lives are changed? They may never even meet that person, but if that preacher were to ever fall out of alignment, how many more now are not coming into their purpose and into their destiny simply because 
they're not where they're supposed to be. The enemy tries his best to push us out of what God has called us to do. He has an agenda. Every pusher has an agenda. And the devil's agenda is to get as many people in hell as he can. His agenda is not just to distract you for a day or a week or a month or a year. He really ultimately doesn't want to see you win when it comes to eternal life. Uh, misery loves company. And, you know, he doesn't want to be in hell by himself. Do you understand the fact that the enemy doesn't mind sending you to a place where he's not yet been himself? Isn't that awesome? Well, it's not awesome, but what I mean is, isn't that crazy? Or um, I'm awestruck by the fact that somebody would want to send somebody else to a place where they've never even been. I will send you to Cheesecake Factory because I've been there. And I know that their food is good, and I know that cheesecake is impeccable. I will send you to um, the cooking pot. And I'm also going to send Vanessa and Ose there because they are, it's an African restaurant owned by Nigerians, and that's the food that they love. So I would send them there. Right? Then there's places I have been, and I also wouldn't send you there because I know how awful it is. But he himself hasn't even been to hell, but he's willing for you to sign up to go there because he has an agenda. Anything that is opposite of Christ is what the enemy wants, and that is his agenda. But I imagine that he himself probably experiences some level of pain, knowing that at one point you were in heaven sitting right there with God Almighty, and now because you wanted to be uh, in the same category as him or be higher than him, he had to let you go. And so now you have fallen and uh, other angels have fallen with you. That's painful. Because I'm sure he, he could say, man, if I hadn't had that mindset, if I hadn't had that uh, attitude, if I hadn't had those actions, I might still be in heaven today. And so that is what pain will do is it will push you to not only cause yourself to be in an awful predicament, but pain will also cause you to want to push people into pain as well. My dad used to tell me all the time, hurt people hurt people. Because I used to say, dad, I don't understand why this person has an issue with me. I try to get along with people. I know everybody's not going to be bosom buddies and best friends, but I don't seek confrontation, and I don't seek drama, and I don't seek a problem. So I used to say, why does this person not like me? So my dad had something very profound to say. One day he said, well, you know, he was like, sometimes people don't like you because personalities clash, or sometimes people don't like you because even if you didn't mean to, something you said offended them. But sometimes people don't like you because, and then he said to me, wait for it, they don't like you. So I was like, run that by me again. He was like, sometimes people don't like you because they don't like you. In other words, you don't always have to even do something or say something to get somebody to not like you. They will take one look at you and be like, nope, can't do it. I wish I could, but I cannot. Right? There are people that you really want to can and you just cannot. You just, people just don't like you, but sometimes it is their own inner pain and turmoil that causes them to see something in you that they're like, whoa, no, can't do that. So you've got the drug pusher who is in real life. You've got the enemy who is also a pusher. Notice all of these people are pushing you uh, towards pain. 
Nothing good can come out of the, either one of them pushing you. But then there's God who also has an agenda. And his agenda is to cause you to see that you are more than a conqueror. His agenda is to make sure that you understand that you are victorious. His agenda is to make sure that you understand that no matter what comes up against you, no matter what's happening on externally or on the outside, that greater is he that is within you than he that's within the world. His agenda is to push you closer to him because the closer you get to him, the more he can push you into your assignment, the more he can reveal to you. And the more he can reveal to you, the more you can get clarity on what it is that you were assigned to do on this earth. Because the enemy has told too many people that they are here for no reason. The enemy has convinced too many people that they don't have a purpose. That everybody else has a purpose besides them. That everybody else has a calling besides them. That everybody else has a destiny besides them. But I want to let somebody know today that if you've ever struggled with the pain of insignificance, the devil is a liar. And that is a lie straight from the pit. You are not insignificant. Nothing God creates is insignificant. Matter of fact, if you look at what he created there's no way he could create you and you be insignificant he created the sun and that gives us light during the day but when it's nighttime you still can see because you've got the moon and the stars he created the water and the fish that live in them they sustain us and they give us life he created the trees he allowed for oxygen so that we could take our next breath every animal and insect that is on this earth you may not like them because I know I don't like nature but it's cool because he didn't really ask my opinion like squirrels I don't know why they're here don't like squirrels could do without them maybe in the next life when God creates again he don't need to create squirrels because we don't need them I don't like them but it's not insignificant because for him everything has a purpose and so if he could create fish water trees flowers squirrels with a purpose in mind, how much more would he create you, a living, breathing human being, and not have a purpose and a plan for you? And it is God's desire to push you into that knowledge. But sometimes we are so blinded by our pain that we cannot see that. We're also blinded by the pain of our past. So oftentimes our past is so painful that we feel like, well, maybe we were born with a purpose, but certainly now we don't have one. Certainly now it's been uh, stripped away, right? Black Panther, have you seen it? Okay. You think that your, your, your purpose has been stripped away because of what you've done, because of what you've said, because of who you've hung out with. But God is letting you know that guess what? I created you knowing that you were going to do everything that you did. I created you knowing every thought that you were ever going to think. I created you knowing that you were going to commit every sin before you even wanted to commit that sin. I already knew that you were going to do that, but I created you anyway because my whole purpose is to push you into a life that has great impact. And I don't know anybody on this earth whose life has had great impact that came without pain. Have you ever heard of anyone saying that, um, like if they've been interviewed for uh, making a great impact in um, the world of homelessness or medicine or preaching 
or writing. It kind of doesn't matter what arena you're in. There's one common thread among everybody that has ever accomplished great things, especially for God, and that is pain. Pain is the common denominator. And so it goes back to our story that we read just a few moments ago about Jabez. Jabez's mother says um, that she bore him in great pain, and that's why she named him that. But before you get to that part, the verse tells us that Jabez was uh, more honorable than all his brethren, right? So in other words, he's more honorable than his siblings, than his brothers. Um, And I'm an only child, but if I had siblings, I'd be able to relate to him. It'd be like Jen was more honorable than all her brethren. So I can kind of relate even though I don't have siblings. I know that's that's like what my life story would say. But God didn't give me siblings because some of us obviously can't handle that, right? Um, So the Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than all his brethren, and his mother said that she named him Jabez because she bore him in pain. And I used to skip over that verse and just go right into the prayer of Jabez that we all have that, like, everybody has it, like, on a mug and a T-shirt, a bookmark, um, asking God to bless them indeed and keep them from... um, evil so that they wouldn't cause pain. But verse 9 really bothered me because I was like, why is Jabez's mother telling us that she bore him in pain? And you may say, well, that's, I mean, isn't that normal? Don't most moms bear children in pain? Yeah, but see, it's common for women to have pain and discomfort during pregnancy, and it's common for women to have uh, a lot of pain during childbirth. So there's got to be something to the fact that if Jabez has siblings, that means he's not an only child. If he's not an only child, that means that's not the only time she gave birth. But yet she doesn't name all of her other children pain. Why is she naming him pain? Does it mean that when she had all of her other children that she didn't feel anything and that it was easy? I don't think so. I think you have to go back to the beginning of of the verse that says, and he was more honorable than all his brethren. Then she says, and I named him Jabez because I bore him in pain. So in other words, she gave birth to her greatest accomplishment because of an exceptional amount of pain. So it does not mean that her other children weren't significant and that they weren't great, but there was something about Jabez that was especially painful that she even felt like, I need to call him a name that when people call him, they will remember that he was born out of my pain. It was excruciating. It was difficult, but yet he was also my most honorable son. Could it be that you're going through the most amount of pain you've ever experienced because you're getting ready to give birth to your greatest accomplishment, because you're getting ready to give birth to your greatest victory, because you're getting ready to give birth to something that you've never seen or experienced before? Maybe you don't realize that you've been carrying Jabez all this time. You think you've been carrying Robert. You think you've been carrying Susie. You think you've been carrying Amy. And you're like, why is this especially painful? Why is the pain this deep? Why is the pain this hard? God, why is it that I used to be able to pray and see things turn around, but now I pray and things get worse? Why is it that I used to be able to worship and feel your presence, but now it's like when I come into your house and worship, all I'm feeling is numbness, and everybody else around me is getting a breakthrough, but I can't press through. Why? 
Why am I in such a deep sense of pain? Whereas before I had such a fire in me that I wanted to keep going. Now I want to give it all up. And God is saying, because this time around you're carrying Jabez. <laughs> and Jabez comes with a different level of pain. Because see, when you ask God for a greater anointing or a greater level of faith, or even just a greater level of finance, or a greater level of education, it comes with a certain level of pain. That's why I say when it comes to God, you really have to be careful what you ask for. Because there is no way on earth you can get more of God without getting more pain. It doesn't happen. And it's not because God laughs when we're in pain. It's not because he's so happy to see us in pain, but he knows that the only way to get more power is to get it through more pain. The only way to get more power is through more pain. And that's what keeps some of us from accessing God the way we really should or the way he really wants us to access him because the minute we feel a little discomfort, we back up. We shy away. We don't want anymore. Oh, God, give me more anointing. Uh, God, give me, give me more of you. And he's saying, so essentially you're asking me to give you more pain. Jabez. You're carrying Jabez. And it's funny because a lot of times you will find yourself in a great amount of pain once you start doing the very thing that God has asked you to do. So, obviously, it was in God's will for Jabez's mother to carry him. And so he's like, hey, I want you uh, to give birth to this son. I want you to carry this man-child. And that's when she experiences an excruciating amount of pain. I mean, she was in so much pain that it made it into the Bible. Because she wasn't the only woman to give birth in pain. But her pain was significant, so much so that God said it's got to be in here so that when people read it generations later, they'll understand that Jacob, uh, Jabez's honor was directly linked to his mother's pain. So what else does that tell you? Your pain is not just for you. Jabez's mother's pain was not just for her, but it was also for what Jabez was going to mean in the earth. Jabez had a short, short prayer that people still recite to this day. He has a short, short prayer that people, um, I don't even remember what year it was. I think I was like in high school where people were going especially crazy with the Jabez hats. Uh, there were Jabez songs coming out. I mean, Jabez t-shirts, right? I, you can still get them, but like there was this fad kind of like where you could get the prayer of Jabez on like anything. I mean, I think some people were so crazy they were trying to get prayer of Jabez on a grain of rice. I mean, it was bananas. Make my rice more powerful, God. Prayer of Jabez rice grains at the Christian bookstore. I think I definitely saw that. But Jabez is still impacting people to this day. He's been dead and gone for literally thousands and thousands of years, but he's still making an impact. And it was because his mom was not afraid of the pain. But what if his mom had said, God, make this pain stop. I can't push this child anymore. We're just going to have to leave it as is then many of us would not even have access to the prayer of Jabez that has been so powerful for many. If you ask God to stop your pain, you are asking him to stop the flow of power and anointing in your life because you can't have it without the pain. 
So if you don't want God to flow freely through your life anymore, if you don't want to be as anointed as you can possibly be, if you don't want as much of God as you can possibly stand, simply ask him to stop the pain. It's the easiest way. But here we are now understanding that pain is also a pusher. And God will use pain and anguish to get out of us everything that he wants. And God does things that we often not only don't like, but that we don't understand. Because you would say to yourself, but God, why, why would you have to use pain to allow me to, to, to fulfill my purpose? Why, why, do I, why do I have to uh, experience uh, my dad's uh, baby brother dying tragically from that drug overdose in order to get me to understand certain things about you? What I learned in that lesson, first of all, was that because I was so angry, I had always kind of gotten this notion that you couldn't be angry at God. But I remember that the Bible had told us to be angry and sin not. I had always also kind of grown up with this notion of like, don't question God. But it was through that experience experience because I was so depressed, so angry. That is actually the same year my depression started in eighth grade because of that experience. But it taught me that I could be angry and I could say, God, what you're doing right now, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good and I don't understand. You've got to give me clarity. It taught me that it was okay to ask God why. Doesn't mean I'll get an answer every time. Doesn't mean I'll even like the answer if he chooses to answer. But there, the sin itself is not in asking God why. The sin would have been if I had blasphemed against God, right? The sin would have been if I said, you know what? Now that you've allowed this, I'm going to be disobedient. I'm going to be rebellious and live life how I want to live. That would have been the sin. But the pain actually pushed me closer to God. Because now he and I are able to sit down and have intimate conversations about, God, why am I feeling like this? God, why am I experiencing that? God, I don't really understand what it is you're trying to get out of me in this situation. It was the pain of loss that pushed me to actually gaining more of the Father. Had I not gone through that, I probably would not be even where I am today. Not because I've arrived, because there's always more of God to get. But even where I am today, I honestly don't know if I would have been there had it not been for that experience. Early on, God allowed that level of pain to uh, afflict me because he knew early on I was going to have other experiences where I was going to have to be so close to him because if I hadn't been close to him, I would have lost my mind. It was the pain of asking God to take my life and waking up actually upset the next morning. Like I had a period in my life where when I would wake up, I would be upset. Because that's how much I, I, I wanted out of here. And I said to God, I'm not going to do it myself. Um, too queasy for that. Watch too much, like, Lifetime, Dateline. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But I asked him to do it, and he wouldn't. And I was confused because I was like, but I don't, I don't want to be here. And I'm convinced nobody else wants me to be here. So why don't you just take me? But it was the pain of that that pushed me to realize that God said to me, you will live and not die. You are going to declare my word in the earth. 
it was the pain of that that pushed me to realize that God was saying to me, I cannot take you now because there's somebody on June 15th, 2018 in Charlotte, North Carolina that is struggling with pain. And because you are getting ready to overcome it, you've got to hang in there because it's your pain that's going to push them into their destiny. It's your pain that's going to push them out of their pain. You cannot come out of your pain. You've got to go through your pain. We are always asking God to take us out when God often wants to take us through. There's a difference when being pulled out of the fire than going through the fire. Snapping, y'all. Two snaps, right? Um, but because with the three Hebrew boys, they went through the fire, right? But their perspective would have been a little bit different had God just immediately taken them out. Daniel was in the lion's den, and I'm sure he wanted to come out of that pit. But his perspective was different, and his commitment to God was different because he's watched God keep him in the lion's den. Your commitment to God and the anointing that is on your life doesn't allow for you to be taken out of every bad situation in life. But it does give you the strength that you need to go through it. Another example is Joseph. His brothers had sold him, right? Then Joseph gets put in prison. So this is like further into his story. Um, Potiphar's wife lies on Joseph, and so he gets put into prison, right? But God doesn't immediately take Joseph out of prison. He makes Joseph go through the prison experience. But it is in the prison experience where we see Joseph's gifts really come to life where we see Joseph's gifts really get honed, where we find out that Joseph can interpret dreams, where we find out that Joseph has discernment, where we find out that Joseph has a connection with God. What do you think pushed him there? His pain. The pain of being sold by your brethren. Some of you have been betrayed by your own blood. And you're dealing with that pain and you don't know what to do with it. God is saying, don't let your pl pain plague you. Let it propel you. You're sitting here being plagued by pain. God wants your pain to propel you into your purpose. That is what pushed Joseph closer to God. How do you think uh, Joseph was in a position where Pharaoh could say, you know what, Joseph, you basically run this whole thing. I'll keep the title. You do the legwork. His pain had pushed him to develop such a relationship and a connection with God that God knew he could trust him. God knew that if he gave Joseph a little bit more, he wouldn't run away. Sometimes God won't give us more because he knows we're a flight risk. If he gives us a little bit more and we feel a little bit more pain, we're going to run away. We're going to leave our post. We're going to cause people that he called us to to be left with work that is unfinished. So he won't give you more until he knows that he can give you a little bit more because you've endured so much pain that you are going to tough it out now. That the least little thing isn't going to cause you to stray or to fall by the wayside. Pain also pushed Jesus. And he, I have to say, has endured pain on a level that none of us will experience. Because I don't care 
what kind of pain you've been through or I've been through, we, none of us will ever have the weight of carrying the pain of, of everyone else's sin. So it was the pain of knowing that his creation that he spent so much time on, that he spent so much time working out the intimate details of like how our lungs would work and our hearts would beat and, 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 and our uh, kidneys and our uh, DNA and our eyes and our hair. He spent so much time on that and it pained him to know that that creation that he spent so much time on was on their way to hell if he didn't do something about it. It was the pain of seeing us in graves that the enemy had dug up for us that pushed him. It was the pain of knowing that we'd be in this life without hope if he didn't do something about it. It was the pain of knowing that we'd be forever distanced from him because of sin if he didn't step in and do something about it. And so pain is a pusher and Christ's pain pushed him to Calvary. His pain pushed him to life. It pushed him to grant us eternal life. It was his pain that pushed him. Yeah, he is nice. He is kind. He is merciful. But it was really his pain that pushed him. Because you can love somebody and say, you know what? I love you today. I don't like you, so we're done. Right? You can love somebody and actually be done with them. Sometimes in life that happens because sometimes things will cause us to experience toxicity in our life and we have to remove ourselves from the situation. It doesn't mean that you're not loving. It doesn't mean you're not a good person, but you have to do honestly what is the best thing for you to do. So that's why I even dare to say it was more than God's love that pushed him because his love did cause him to say, hey, I got to save these people because they are about to be a mess if I don't step in. Actually, they're already a mess, which is why I have to step in, right? But it was his pain that caused him to say, I've got to complete this work. So much pain that his sweat became like drops of blood. So much pain that he's like, God, this cup is bitter. This cup is worse than Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And Dunkin' Donuts don't come for me if you hear this podcast. Because I'm not telling people not to buy your product. I'm just saying that he looked in that cup and said, Woo, this is worse than... So let this cup pass from me. But then he said, not my will, but your will be done. So much pain to see the very ones that had walked with him, uh, Peter specifically, you know, Oh, God, I would never deny you. Sir, no. Me? Deny you? Mm -mm. And then what happens? The cock crows, and he's like, don't even know the man. Never seen him before. He's been requesting me on Facebook, haven't been accepting, don't know who he is. Blocked him on my IG, don't know him. Random, scary guy, right? And so he's been rejected not only by the non-believers, he's been rejected by the ones who've been walking with him. That is painful. The pain of knowing that you have to leave the woman who went through so much pain for you. Because if you think that Mary only went through physical pain, that's crazy. Because imagine you being a virgin and telling everyone you're pregnant. You do that today, you will find yourself in a white jacket. <laughs> a nice fitted one, too. It's going to be just your size. That's painful. 
But God allowed his pain to push him. And so I am here today to let you know that God is telling you that he sees your pain. He knows your pain and he understands it. But he also wants you to know that perhaps before you came in these doors today, you were using your pain as an excuse to stay down. You are using your pain as an excuse to not do his will. You are using your pain as an excuse to not move on the things that God has told you to move on. But God is saying that ends today because I want you to use your pain and allow it to push you. Not push you away from me, push you towards me. Your pain was never intended to punish you. It was always intended to prepare you. Not punish you for because you're such a horrible person. God allowed that pain so that he could prepare you for the next level. Because God's next level came when he endured the pain of the cross. Once he endured the pain of the cross, it took him and it took us to a level and to heights that were unimaginable. And so God is getting ready to elevate you to heights that are unimaginable. He's getting ready to take you to a place in life that you never thought of. He's getting ready to do exceeding and abundantly in your life. Uh, if you would only allow the pain to push you. If you would only allow the pain to propel you. If you would only allow the pain to prepare you. Uh, stop wallowing in your pain and start walking in your purpose. Uh, God wants you to know that your pain is a pusher and allow him to push you where you need to be. But you have been walking around for months carrying Jabez, carrying exceptional and excruciating amounts of pain. Carrying levels of pain that if people knew you were walking around with it, they'd be shocked that you're still here. That kind of pain. Not just pain that happened yesterday or last year. Childhood pain. Pain from teenage years. Pain that you've not told anyone else about. And the only people in this room that know about it are you and God. But that's the beauty of all of this is that because God knows about it, you can't shock him, you can't sway him, you, you, you can't disappoint him, you can't anger him over your pain. He already knows that it's there. And so all he's asking for you to do today is to surrender that pain and to allow him to take you through it. Through the process of feeling that pain then through the process of thanking him that that pain didn't destroy you. Because the enemy sent the pain to try to distract you and to get you off course. But what Satan meant for evil, God is turning it around right now for your good. And he is using that pain to give you a testimony that is like none other. Just like the mother of Jabez, you are carrying around this pain and you don't know what to do with it. And God is saying the pain is so great today because what you're getting ready to give birth to is extraordinary. 
what I'm getting ready to do in your life is going to be so undeniable that people will know that it is me who did this thing. And I'm not going to do it through your pleasure. I'm not going to do it through your comfort. I'm going to do it through your pain. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.